Dolly, you now come on now, okay? PTD got caught up in some human trafficking charges, everybody. Everybody send prayers to PTD, not the girls human trafficking. Come on! Now I'm here with my co-host. But plug Henry, come on, but plug Henry, what's good? You sound like somebody who come has on. their nuts caught in some sort of a grip. We're talking about being castrated out of here, baby. That's what I mm, am. No, you no. already know, baby. You, you, you told some very strange story about your brother tying his Nissan Geo up to your ta- uh, anyway, let's let's, yeah. let's carry on. Come on now, let me tell you about it. Okay, we're here to talk about Pelicans basketball and why they are so ass. Cole? Yeah, uh, how about we could talk about that or we could just not. They're one and six. They're absolutely. Maybe when Zion comes back, we'll have something to talk about. Until then, I'll, I'll pass. Ass. Okay, now, uh, I believe we have next weekend's card to talk about this episode. There was no fights last weekend. <laughs> Uh, as far as I remember, how's it going, everybody? I am Pat the Dog Shaheen. And I am Cole. Mm, yeah, Cole Henry. That's and all this is Cooter Bob Joe Radio. This is the MMA Scope. What's up, Cole? Uh, we had seven knockouts at UFC 244. It was an amazing card. Yeah. It was an absolutely amazing card that never existed. Mm-hmm. That the whole card got scrapped. So you're, you're going book. with that. So so let me get this straight. For this entire episode, I'm going to be talking about a card that happened, Mm-mm. and you're going to be just denying it? No. It's sort of like a climate change, it's sort of like a Holocaust denier no, type of... Um, the biggest conspiracy in sports history happened Saturday night, and I, I, this card doesn't count. I think you're referencing um, the assassination of Johnny Walker... By, he um, was drugged by Corey Anderson. You know what? Let, let me be honest. Corey Anderson was on methamphetamine. Let's, let's call Johnny Walker by his real name. Okay? The luster is gone. His name is Walker Johnny Silva Barra de Souza. Okay? From now on, we're going to call him that. Walker Johnny Silva. Okay? It's about as cool as his performance was on Saturday night. Okay, Patrick? We're going to hold off on that. I'm going to let that roast. I'm going to let that sit for a little bit. We should talk about this whole card because you should go fuck yourself. Uh, uh, I should be so lucky. Anyway, yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, you're, for whatever reason, you're madly in love with Hakeem Dawadu. Uh, it borders on on sexual. Um, I was busy watching the Pelicans lose another basketball game really? while this um, fight was going who on. Did they, who have they beat this season? I was there. The Denver Nuggets, who are actually a pretty decent team. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was there that game. Maybe that's it. Maybe do they're they going to win have, 12 um, games this year. Does, does uh, Carmelo still? No. No? Okay. Never played for the public. No, I meant, I meant the Nuggets. No. Oh. Anyway. Um, <coughs> Gallaudu got a win. Yeah, he beat the great Julio Arce. Phenomenal. Yeah, it was a, a good fight. Dominating. Arce held his own. No. It was a split decision, which I don't uh, I don't think Arce, you know, I think he was in the fight, but I don't think he, um, I don't think he did enough to, to, to win. You uh, were watching, you were writing anime fan fiction while yeah, this was going on. Actually, so... I wasn't. I was filling out a police report. You. Oh, fuck. Yeah, All right. Exactly. I'm out. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this fight was what it was. Akeem do not his best performance, got the win. Yeah, it was it was all right. Uh, on up the card, Lyman Good and Chance Rencounter. Good fight. Um, I want you to tell me something nice about Lyman Good. 
What nationality is Lyman Good? Uh, he's American. He's, I mean, probably, if I had to guess, uh, okay. I would say Puerto Rican. I and, love um, I love me some Americans. Uh, Lyman Good looked really good. Uh, Chancellor Encounter is, you know, no top-of-the-line fighter, but he is a young, pro- he's a prospect. I like what he brought to the Contender Series. He had one fight in the Octagon since then, I believe. Who, Lyman Good or Ring, Ring Counter? Counter. Yeah, he had the... Um... He had the oh he, he yeah he's had a few he's two and two in the UFC now but he got his he, he debuted in the UFC against uh, Bilal Muhammad I think it was on short notice or something like that but uh, okay yeah he's a solid dude uh, by the way for Lyman for, Good looked really good for clarity's sake please don't say Lyman Good looked good say Lyman Good looked great fantastic um, Lyman Good looked any uh, above average mm-hmm, any number of things uh, he, he's a dude you know he was actually the Bellator welterweight champion he was. one time he's got a, kind of had an interesting career he was the Bellator welterweight champion he won the inaugural Bellator season one welterweight tournament. Uh, he's fought um, some pretty notable fighters. I mean, he fought Ben Asker, and that's who he lost the Bellator Worldweight Championship to in his first defense. Uh, he lost to Rick Hahn, who was a solid uh, welterweight and lightweight in Bellator back uh, earlier in the decade. Um, also, though, he beat Mike Dulce in a uh, IFL fight. Of course, Dulce did not have a very successful MMA career, but he's notable today as a strength and conditioning coach and, I guess, a weight-cutting Expert, or I believe he refers to himself as a guru. Anyway, so uh, he's had uh, an interesting career, but his UFC career, he signed, his UFC debut was in 2015, but since then he's only fought uh, five times total. He's three and two, but uh, most of his career has been defined by injuries and, and losses and key fights. He lost uh, to Damian Maya earlier this year, but uh, that was a brilliant performance against Chance Rencounter. I got this fight wrong on our picks. Yeah, you got a lot of fights you wrong. did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet on some of these fights. I did okay. I ended up coming out like ten bucks ahead. Not good uh, job. Not too proud of you. I blew it on a par. I had that six fight parlay. That oh. uh, I got four fights right, and the fifth was wrong, and I got the sixth right. So one away from a nice uh, haul. Anyway, on up the card: Catlin Chikagian, Jennifer Maya. Catlin Chikagian. I feel like if you were playing a UFC video game and you you just got the generic female creative fighter. It would be Catelyn Chikagian. Her, her nickname's Blonde Fighter. She just kind of looks, you know. Why not the Blonde Bomber? Like a default character on a video game. Huh? Um, well, because she's, you know, she's got two knockouts. So I don't know if Blonde Bomber's appropriate. She's apparently getting the next shot at Valentina. Ooh. Uh, I don't like her chances in that fight. She, she's the Right now, she's the second best 125er in the women's weight class, you know. She's uh she's five and one in her last six. And since dropping back to flyweight, she's four and one, but that loss was to Jessica I. And uh I mean, you know, MMA math doesn't work, sorry Jess Soto. Um but Jessica I did not fare well against Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. Maybe the red hair that Shevchenko's got now will uh Yeah. Um, will things. On up the card. Are you serious? You're not going to say anything about Damian Maya? I mean, Je- uh, Jennifer Maya. Damian Maya? Jennifer Maya? wasn't on the card. Jennifer, Jennifer- Maya uh, had a good performance. She got outstruck. Uh, if I was her, I would have utilized my grappling skills, which I think were more advanced than Mr. Chikagian's. Yeah, it was uh, I mean, probably so, but it was just a fight where it went exactly the way that you would think about looking at it. Chikagian was a longer, rangier fighter. And, and she-, she uses that to stay on her feet. She knows yeah. how to keep distance, and that's something important. 
Will she do it against Valentina? Uh, my problem is she's a good technical fighter, but she yeah. doesn't have a lot of finishing power. No. I just, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's definitely the most deserving contender. God help her. Um, okay, on up to the uh, preliminary card, ESPN2. She'd whoop your ass. I don't doubt it. Okay. But so would Valentina Shevchenko. I think Valentina, you know, I just... Who would you sign the fight, the contract with? Who would I prefer to fight? the money was the same. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, Kellen Chikagin, okay. for sure. Valentina Shevchenko, no doubt, finishes me early in the first round. Chikagin... With me, it'd be more ways than one, but you know what I'm talking about. We're gonna have to start over. Fuck. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're you're oh. fired. You're out of here. Uh, anyway, I, I think I'd make it to the two minute mark with Caitlin Chikagian. She's rangy. I think I get duck, bob, roll. Burr, 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 she burr, burr. eventually could make the joke. Way. I could make the joke, but I'm not gonna. Let's hear it. Now, just go ahead and do it. Two minute mark. You know what I'm talking about. Come on now. Do you have a girlfriend? No. Nope. It shows. Um. All right, uh, first fight of the ESPN2 preliminary card. Um, heavyweight Jarizinho Rosenstruck took him 29 seconds to KO former UFC heavyweight champion Andre Arlovsky. He is stepping in to fight Alistair Overeem. Yes, sir, he is. He's filling in for Walt Harris, of course, who had to pull out because his daughter is missing. Shout out to Walt Harris. Yeah. That whole situation, yeah. big prayers, big love on God. Um, let me ask you a question. What were you doing... Um, in February of 2015. When the world stopped. Sorry, playing. February of 2005. Uh, playing Halo in my bedroom. How old were you in February of 2005? 13. 13. How old are you now? No, 12. I'm 27. 2005 was when Andre Arlovsky initially won the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He, he got knocked out in 29 seconds uh, mm-hmm. here in 2019. Point is, the man's been around for 100 years. He literally fought for the first time in a different century. Granted, it was 1999, but you get my point. Mm. Wild. He got knocked out by uh, Vyacheslav Datsik. If you don't know that guy's story, you should look it up. He's fucking insane. Alrighty. Anyway. Um, Rosenstreich uh, is on a tear, uh, getting a shot at Overeem. Uh, if he wins that, immediate title contention. It's, it's, it's wild how... Yeah, I mean, definitely. Whenever Overeem puts you there, for sure. It's, it's wild how quickly this division changes. Uh, if you go back to... When Orlovsky came back to the UFC, he went on a four-fight run that got him within probably a title, a fight or so of a title shot. But the guys that he beat to get there were Brendan Shaw, Bigfoot Silva, Travis Brown, and Frank Mir. And, you know, none of those guys are relevant um, in the heavyweight scene today. It's just interesting how quickly things change. Whereas since then, Andre Orlovsky fights constantly. But constantly. Uh, since beating Frank Mir in 2015, he is... Three and nine with a no contest, but um, yeah. Anyway, Rosenstruck though he's undefeated. Uh, you can elaborate on your pain you feel about Orlovsky. It's okay to let it out. Our fans know. <clears throat> it hurts. It hurts to see it. You know, I'm glad that at 40 years old he's still fighting. If he, you know, and that, that's the thing, making big money to fight too. And he's still he fights regularly, so it's like he's in good shape, I guess, physically. Getting um, paid. Yeah, so good on him. You know, I like to see him fight. But uh, Rosenstruck looks like he could definitely be a contender. Um, you know, the the difficult thing with a guy like this is that he's got to get past, you know, the overeams. He's got to get past the the. Uh, 
Francis Ngannou. He's got to get past some some good strikers just to then have to fight a, a really good wrestler or two. And I, it's it's difficult for a guy like this who you know is probably not very skilled on the ground. Um, but he does hit very hard. I mean, he's finished all but one of his Every opponents. Every shot that man throws has intent. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you know, Overeem. You want to see a fight, Greg Hardy? That dude. That'd be a fun fight, but you know, I, it's just not that guy compared to Mar- I mean, compared to Greg Hardy. You know, he had a, a professional kickboxing career. He's yeah. a legitimate martial artist. I just that's probably not the fight Greg Hardy will get, um, or it wouldn't have been. You know, I know he's taking this Volkov fight on short notice. How old is he? Thirty something. Greg Hardy. Rosenstreak. Oh, Rosenstreak. Um, I can tell you exactly how old he is. I'm gonna tell you a story. Thirty-one. About- 31 yeah. years old. So, you know, at heavyweight, you know, that's honestly, you can consider that a young guy. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So, I mean, one of those dudes, Hardy, I love Rose and Strike. I love what he brings. Maybe one of them does it. Maybe one of them runs that very difficult gauntlet of real heavyweight contenders that have been there for years. And if you get past that gauntlet, then you got one of the best champs in the world waiting and, for and you. And you got Ngannou just hovering around just, oh yeah. just waiting. You're going to have to fight Francis to get there. Um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, this Overeem-Rosenstreet fight is going to be interesting. It's, if Rosenstreet can win, he becomes an instant contender, whereas Overeem, uh, I mean, this win kind of keeps him in a holding pattern, I think. he had He's coming off wins over Sergey Pavlovich and Alexa, uh, sorry, Alexei Olyanik, but um, he was coming off, before that, he, he had some devastating... Losses to Francis Ngannou and Curtis Blade, so uh, I think he's at the point of his career where if he keeps stringing together wins, he might eventually get another shot at the heavyweight title. But uh, for how now, old is the ring? Uh, th- that's that's the thing. I mean, first he's had sixty three career shell fights, especially um, at heavyweight. Yeah, sixty three pro- professional MMA fights, fourteen kickboxing matches, and uh, he's thirty nine. So uh, the ring, yeah. Anyway. Taking a taking a really tough fight because I think he needs a paycheck. Yeah, uh, yeah, he probably just wanted to stay on the card since he was uh, since he was training for a fight already. Um, How many main events is is over? I'm gonna get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's gotten a lot in his career. When is that fight? UFC a couple on weeks. ESC and seven. Okay, so yes, yeah, a little ways off. Uh, uh, okay, on up to the card. Uh, all right. Um, up next, we had uh, Edmund Shabazian and Brad Tavares. Edmund Shabazian gonna be a fucking problem, Mike. Let me hear. Uh, you take this one. Let me. Uh, Shabazian's really, really good. Uh, he went out there and slaughtered that man, and I thought it would be a more competitive fight than that. He seems like one of the most real contenders coming up. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I think the most impressive thing, more so than the win, was, you know, the way that he got it. Brad Tavares has been a fairly solid dude throughout his entire UFC run, which started back in 2010. I mean, all but five of his, uh, of his 23 career fights have been in the UFC, so he's got a ton of experience, and he's mostly won uh, throughout his career. Um, he was coming off a decision loss to Israel Adesanya. Before that, he'd won four straight. He'd only been finished uh, once in his career, and that was against Robert Whitaker um, back in 2016. So, again, a very durable guy. And Edmund Shabazian, I mean, he just 
he's very unassuming. Um, he's only 21 years old. He just, uh, you know, I think it would. it's going to take a few wins for people to really take him seriously. But this win over Brad Tavares definitely is going to get him some respect. Yeah. He did it in the garden. You know, probably a good amount of people were watching that fight. Yeah. So, good for him. Yeah, that was a uh, nice win. I don't take sure. anything away from Brad Tavares in that fight. I think Edmund Shabazian was going to win that fight against most guys. Yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate, night. but Tavares has probably reached the point of his career where he's, he's not going to probably be much of a top contender anymore. He's more of a, uh, you know. That's one of Max's boys, huh? Edmund. None. Brad Tavares. Oh, I thought you meant uh, Shabazian. Brad Tavares. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're both Hawaiian, but I don't know if they... They don't train the same... I think they... I don't know. It's possible. I could be tripping. I uh, I know. I think Brad Tavares... I mean, I think that Max Holloway, you usually see him with um, Yancey Yancey. Medeiros. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, on up the card, Shane Burgos and Matt Kwan, Amir Akani. Uh, I lost some money on this one. How many cups of coffee do you think Shane Burgos had before he walked into the game? Man, cage? he was fucking ready. Oh, yeah. He was pumped up. He, uh, Maquan was winning the first. Yeah, I mean, his issue is always his cardio. He, uh, Why is that? I just think it's the way he fights. It just invites, uh, you know, issues with your gas tank. He's always throwing flying knees. He goes all out in the first round. And- but Khabib can do that. Yeah, but Khabib's much better at controlling a guy when he gets him down, whereas Amir Khani's not. I mean, they, so they he get spends up all and... that energy taking him down, and then they immediately get back yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. And Khabib also doesn't throw. I mean, you don't. He, he'll, he might throw a flying knee, but he doesn't spam flying knees. Right. That's the thing with Amir Khani. I mean, for the it's like that switch high knee. It it looks good. Yeah, and for the I mean, for the record, for the most part, he has won in the UFC. It's just that the issues come up. Um, you know, and he had that, he debuted in the UFC with an eight-second flying knee KO over, over Andy Ogle, and I think since then he's just... Shane Burgos went into this fight at 11, does he move up? Yeah, I mean, possibly a little bit. Uh, that, that was more of a placeholder type fight. I mean, I don't think Amir Khani was ahead of him, you know. Um, I don't think Amir Khani was right. No, he wasn't. And just in terms, you know, I don't think anybody's going to look at that fight and be like, oh, Burgos is... Definitely ready. You know, I think coming off the Cup Swanson win, Amir Khani was sort of a weird matchup. I know Swanson's not what he once was, but he just has a little more um, a little more value. And I would have figured they would have put Burgos against more of a contender, but um, he has another nice win here to his name. So uh, it is what it is. <coughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Sam Burgos. <clears throat> yeah. Look good. All right, you know what's next. <clears throat> no, no, I don't because it didn't really happen. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, I feel uh, like you're we're having gonna a serious problem. Go ahead problem. and talk about the main card. Uh, first fight of the main card mm-hmm. was uh, my fucking uh, shit. Derek Lewis? No, it wasn't Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. This is awkward. What's next, bud? Uh, Corey Anderson and Johnny Walker. You know, I'll say Johnny this. Walker won in the first round? Johnny Walker. Did you see that video of him earlier in the week where he was walking up on stage to take a selfie and he slipped and fell and dropped his phone and then he, like, picked it up and recovered and took the pic real quick? When I saw that, I was like, this man, it's all, it's all going to come to a crashing end. It's all going to come to a crashing end. 
with how bad Pat wants him to win and just how goddamn goofy he's going to lose. And I was sold then and there. And um, I'll tell you, bud, you could not have been more wrong about Johnny Walker. <laughs> Let's hear it. He's going to be the champ in 2020. Early um, 2020, it, I have the best it's, money. It, it's unfortunate because it's one of those things where, you know, I've noticed a lot of people are obviously already writing him off. Um, but all of his wins came with quick knockouts. Mm-hmm. And it, it's easy. You know, he had a lot of detractors saying we need to see him really fight before we can judge his skills. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because despite this loss, we still haven't really seen him fight. Right. He got caught with, like, the second punch and just was never really in it. Right. So uh, I feel like even On the this, Embedded series, he was talking about, I want to go three rounds this fight. Don't say things like that. Don't, don't, I think that mentality sets you up to fail. Yeah, uh, yeah, it always, it, it's weird when you hear a guy say that, where he's like, yeah, I want to work my boxing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's, no. You just can't, Im- it, it, you can't imagine a football player going into a game and saying, like, I want to, I want to keep this a competitive it, game yeah, until the end. It seems like you just want to, and no. again, I understand it's easy for me to say this, but it seems like logic would be get in there, get it done as quickly as possible, and get right. out. But um, you do always hear guys saying stuff like they want to do this. Or, and he or didn't do that. come out of the gate looking like he wanted an early finish. You know, it looked like he calculated to be set a pace. And uh, he looked really hesitant. I think Corey Anderson caught him early, like early in the round, got him with a nice little punch, and Johnny just. Was fearful. It was a bad fight. Uh, Johnny Walker is still the GOAT. Uh, He's still going to be the champ in 2020. Uh, Nobody can convince me otherwise. I'm heartbroken. I'm about to start crying right now. Uh, Fuck Corey Anderson. I'll fight you if you're listening to this. The UFC is going to fire you. They're not going to pay you a fucking dime. Uh, Reyes is going to get the shot over you and he deserves it. You're a butt plug. Um, So there. Did you see him try to dance post-fight? One thing I will compliment Corey Anderson on, he's a good dancer. I like I like his dance. Really? He mocked Johnny Walker with that dance. He did the little is thing. That, is that what that was? Yeah, he was mocking Johnny Walker. I just thought he couldn't dance. I'm glad you could. It kind of looks like he just falls. Yeah, I kind of thought he just fell down. No, he um, was mocking Johnny Walker. It's, it's weird. I think that... You know, like, a lot of people are criticizing him now, which I guess ultimately, I mean, that people didn't care about Corey Anderson before. He, he kind of knocked out a fan favorite. Some people don't like him for it. I guess that's ultimately kind of what he wants. Uh, I just, you know, it's it's tough. Huge win for Corey Anderson. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I, I think it's tough for people to see him competing against John Jones, but, I mean. A shitload of people were watching that fight, and a shitload of people saw a dude they probably never heard of get a knockout on a kid that somebody told them about. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, that was the first, uh, or sorry, the, the, just the third finish of, of uh, Corey Anderson's UFC career. Hey, shut up. A lot of decisions. Doesn't matter. But wow, did he polish off Johnny Walker. I'm not yeah, hating. Polish I'm just off j- his knob because mm. he's... Yeah. No, I'm in his chin. Polished it right off. No, uh, I, I'm interested to see what Johnny Walker does when he comes back. I mean, he still hasn't had a fight. Go. He's coming here to whoop your ass. Maybe. Maybe. I'll be honest, though. From what I've seen from him, I, I don't trust him to work a GPS properly to get to Lake Charles. He'll end up God knows where. Just looking at his cell phone with that goofy look on his face. Uh, you know something wild? 
I don't care anymore. I'm done. Johnny Walker. I'm about to leave. Johnny Walker was born 20 days before you. Shut up. Isn't that weird? Shut up. Imagine if you got Was it April 1st or March 30th? How weird is Johnny Walker is a Brazilian dude that goes Mm -hmm. by Johnny Walker Mm -hmm. that fights out of Moscow, Russia. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Phuket, Thailand. Mm -hmm. How does this guy live his life? He doesn't I imagine he's got this very often. white limo that just like parades him around, him and a bunch of bitches around, and he's just like he. Remember that that Asian dude that used to always be like, "Oh, I met my bitches." Where are my bitches? Teruto uh, Ishihara. Where my bitches? Yeah, and they refer they exclusively refer to him as bitches. Obviously, there's no no. Uh, you don't show respect, not when you're Johnny Walker no. in Russia, huh? No. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. That's rough for, for Johnny Walker. Shut though. up. Um, fight never happened. God, with that, with Johnny What's Walker What's the first fight of the fucking main card? And the Pelicans at Let's 1 and 6. God, your life must be in shambles. <laughs> if it weren't for the Saints and LSU, I would have committed a long time ago. Wow. What's uh, What's next? Wow. What's What's the next fight we're going to talk about? Um, all right, moving on to the main card. Uh, Kevin Lee, uh, he might... Be the dirtiest fighter in the UFC. And I don't mean he's going to cheat, but I mean he might give you an infectious disease. Oh, yeah. Gregor got knocked out mm-hmm. and a staff infection. Yeah. Uh, but I was go- that's what I was going to say. Along with that serving of, of skin infection, he might just dish up a head kick that'll end uh, a pretty serious hype train. Mm-hmm. What, uh, where does this leave both, both guys? Tell me where you think both guys go from here. Gregor might find himself out of the top 15. After that, uh, I wouldn't personally have him there. Uh, but that's a big blow. Gregor beating Kevin Lee would have given him a really big step up. Like, he'd be looking at top six, top set five guys after that. Uh, now he's looking to get a bounce back fight. And Kevin Lee, coming off a pretty bad run, might have kicked off what could be a very, very prominent good run. Yeah, it really is a, a guy. I mean, it's he, Kevin Lee was kind of counted out here. Um, I counted him out. Gregor Gillespie, a lot of people had him as a potential challenger for Khabib, um, which, you know, I mean, he still might be. Um, Let me say this. But, the size difference between him and Kevin Lee, I can only imagine what Khabib would look next to Gregor Gillespie. Gregor looks small as shit next to Kevin Lee. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Lee was a... I mean, he did fight at welterweight. Yeah. Uh, he is a much bigger dude, but yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I, I, I agree. It looks like he, he might benefit from dropping the featherweight, um, that being Gregor Gillespie. I mean, he, he didn't... I just had never noticed how small he was. I mean, but 5'7", 155. He uh, doesn't fight small, but that's small for lightweight. No, I mean, he, he had dominated guys, but when you look at his, his competition, I mean, you know, not to take anything away from him, he had won um, all of his fights, but... It was not against really skilled guys at all. Um, and Kevin Lee, when he had a big size advantage, he's a, a, a much more, um, I guess, accomplished striker, at least in MMA. And uh, he got back on track. And honestly, this put Gregor Gillespie in a, a really weird place, I think. I think I mean, he went from being, you know, a, a really hot contender, a really hot prospect, somebody that a lot of people talked about, to now being in this weird Kind of gray zone. I don't know where he goes from here. He's thirty-two years old. He's coming off a, a vicious KO loss. Um, kind of seems like maybe moving to featherweight would be a good move for him because losing to Kevin Lee, I just I don't know where that puts you. 
in terms of the lightweight division in 2019. But Kevin Lee probably makes a big jump by beating Gregor Gillespie. Kevin Lee probably found himself in the top eight, top seven after that. Yeah, it's it's big for Kevin Lee. Uh, I mean, it would have been huge for Gregor too. I mean, it was a big fight, and it's there's a reason they put it on this card because it makes sense to stack cards, and they stacked this card. Yeah. Um. All right, on up the card, Derek Lewis and Roy Ivanov. Uh, what, what did you think about the decision here? A lot of people thought that Ivanov uh, should have got the Shut decision. Shut up. I, Fuck um, those people. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was I think it was close. Yeah. I think it was a close fight. Uh, you know, I think Ivanov clearly won a round. I can't say that Derek clearly won either round that two judges gave him. Uh, but... It was a good fight. I don't think it boosts either guy or hurts Ivanov too, too much. I mean, I think they'll look at it and see that it was a close fight. The case being that if Derek Lewis doesn't get a cool finish, he's probably going to win a mediocre decision or lose. And uh, I, I guess he just did enough to get a win there. He doesn't do well against guys who use a technical game plan. Like, he does well in firefights. Yes. But uh, he doesn't do well against guys that uh, are really that are skilled. And when I say that, like, you know, a guy like Blue Boy Ivanov, he's a very skilled uh, Sambo fighter. He's got good grappling, and it really seems like the type of fight that would have given Lewis problems, and it did at times. Uh, his takedown defense, it's like he's difficult to get a hold of, but if you get a hold of him, I mean, he just has no leverage to keep right. him tumbling over. Um, Does use his size well in the clinch. Yeah. Stayed off the cage for a good portion. Well, and it's a dangerous game trying to take him down because, sure, you might get him down, but if you don't and he ends up on top of you, you're right, generally fucked. Right, and that happened to Ivanov a few times. Failed takedown led to Derek Lewis getting off. Derek Lewis had five winning exchanges in that fight. Like, five. They were just dramatic because it's Derek Lewis landing haymakers on a dude that... 99.9999% of the world. Maybe only Francis Ngannou can knock out. So Yeah. Um, yeah, it puts... You know, Bogoy Ivanov was a guy that came into MMA with a, a bit of a reputation. He had beaten Spador in Combat Sambo. So uh, he, he kind of had uh, a bit of an aura about him just because of that. And then he... He got stabbed in the heart and didn't die, so that's also impressive. And uh, you know, here he's he is. not been a disappointing. No, I, you know, he came in. He looked pretty bad in his debut against Junior Dos Santos. He just got out, just outclassed. But uh, since then, you know, he he beat Ben Rothwell, and then he he uh, you know, not many people thought he beat Tai Tuivasa, and he did. So uh, you know, he's two and two now after this loss to Derek Lewis, but it was close. I don't think he loses too too much steam. Um, you know, if anything, you know, a lot of people probably saw him fight that didn't know he existed before right. this. So there's there's some silver lining. He was here. a top ten guy going into this fight. Would not be shocked if they move him down. But if he's out of that top ten in that heavyweight class, he's legitimately one of the best ten heavyweights the UFC has. He yeah. would beat most of the heavyweights on the roster. Yeah, um, going into the fight, he was number eight. I imagine he'll probably stay around there. Um, in terms Derek of Derek Lewis, up yeah, big time or what? He'll probably move up a little bit. I mean, I think they he's love already... him some Derek Lewis, man. They want Derek Lewis in main events on bad cards or on good cards in a big fight. They they pay Derek what he deserves, and I love it. That's what his goal was coming into the UFC. He even said that in an interview one time. He said, "I'm going to fight till I pay my off my house." I believe he's paid off that house and some, but yeah, he's fought a lot. He's he's making money, and he puts on. Good fights most of the time. Yeah, I mean, he generally knocks dudes out, which is all you can ask for. Uh, 
22 wins, 18 knockouts. What did you think about the post fight? Um, it was it was he didn't seem inspired. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it was a tough fight. He probably always feels better about a knockout, but uh, he he did. He's already picked a beef with the uh, first of all he. He said he was disappointed that uh, Barack Obama never claimed to see him fight, but uh, so I guess maybe maybe someday Barack Obama can accommodate Derek 100%. Lewis and go watch him fight. Hundred percent. That'd be so great. I'd lo- I just would love to see Derek Barack Lewis on social just media. Dabs him up a war walk. Could you there. just imagine? That'd be the thing. Just sweaty Derek Lewis throwing his arm around Barack what Obama's up, Barack? shoulder. <laughs> Thanks, dog. Um, anyway, I love it. Derek Lewis has been jawing back and forth with Curtis Blades. Um, uh, I I don't know. To me, that's a tough fight for Derek Lewis. It's a type of a fight again where I think it it would be a technical game plan. It'd be tough for him to to get around uh, Blades wrestling. Curtis Blades again instead of calling out the champion because he's ready for a shot title shot, even though his record over the last five isn't tremendous. That dude deserves a title shot as much as any other heavyweight, and he should be calling for it, trying to generate that hype. But yet he chooses to pick on guys that aren't the champion. Yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, I guess, you know, he's got the two Nganu losses, and those are tough. But uh, he, he's one of the better prospects that's been at heavyweight in a long time. He's a skilled wrestler. I mean, he's got quality wins. He beat Alexi Olianik, Mark Hunt, Alistair Overeem. Um but those Ngannou losses hold him back, and his style's not the most fun in the world. And in the UFC, I mean, they'll write you off. If they don't love your style, you know, they'll hold those two losses to Ngannou against him for the rest of his career. Um, with that being said, though, I mean, he dominated Shamil Abdurakahimov in his last fight, made Justin Willis look like he had no business fighting in MMA. Um, I don't know. It's a tough fight for Derek Lewis. but Pretty it is, boy? Yeah. Absolutely. I don't it, remember that. Pretty boy dominated. It fight. was he got absolutely fat shamed in that fight. He's pretty though. No, he went on a diet and retired. Um, anyway, Blades is number three. Lewis is number five. It's definitely possible. We possible, can see that absolutely. Um, Stephen Thompson and Vicente Luque fight of the night. Um, interesting pick. Yeah, I thought I was. I thought it was. Um, you know, kind of an interesting pick as well. Just because a lot of times it's just like a main event. It gets the, 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 the extra push just because it's the main event. I kind of thought it would end up getting Probably it, didn't you know. want to give Nate or Jorge a dime more than they paid him. Yeah, pay too much for that belt as it is. <clears throat> um, where is Steven Thompson as a contender in 2019? Uh, uh, two fights away. Two fights. Two, two, big, two big fights away. He can't be taking fights against Vicente Luque. Yeah, I think this was a good win for him. You know, I think he needed you, a win. When you have these guys that have been contenders for a long time, a lot of times they're hesitant to fight guys below them because they don't want to lose their spot. But when, you know, he was coming off the loss to Anthony Pettis, he lost a till before that. He probably wasn't going to get another title shot without, without taking sort of a risk here. And he did that against Vicente Luque. So I think it's reasonable to think he could get matched up against the top and five And nobody's going to look at that win and say, oh, that was a cream puff fight. He beat his ass, too. Oh, no. I mean, if you look at Luque, I mean, Luque... He's a, he's a damn good fighter. He had won six straight, and uh, he was 10-2, and two, I think, in the UFC coming into this fight. So uh, And Stephen Thompson slapped him around. Really outclassed him. I mean, I love that. There was the, the sequence in the third round where they were... In front of each other, Thompson would drop him, you know, beckon him to get back to his feet. They would slap hands, and then he'd just drop him again. He, I mean, he's like this. It's like it's like you go to church and you just throw this this tantrum in the pew, and you're like, "Oh God, it's fake." 
and Stephen Thompson's the pastor, and he like gives you three chances. He's like, please stop, and you're like, oh, fuck religion. And he just swat kicks you in the face over the pew, you know? Like, he could do that. And I hope he does do that when he retires from MMA. I hope he just becomes this crime-fighting priest. And he just goes around just going like, oh, shucks! I'll kick your butt! And just beating the, beating the, holy, the holy crap out of people, man. The holy crap. <laughs> Stephen wanted to I have no comments. I have no <laughs> comments. He looked really good. Uh, yeah. Awesome. On up the card. Speaking of looking really good, Darren Till and Kelvin Gaslam not getting rave reviews for their fight, but uh, yeah, Darren Till won it. Yeah, I did mean, enough. What does this mean? Uh, it means that Darren Till can hang with probably probably a few guys in the top five. I don't think uh, I don't like his chances against Yoel. He doesn't want to fight Yoel, which is smart of him. Uh, yeah, why not? He he looked really good at like physically good at one eighty five. That looks like his weight and uh, skill wise. I think he's one of the best guys there. It's just an adjustment when you do have to fight longer guys than you like in Israel Adesanya. How are you gonna fare? Yeah, I uh, till uh, I'll get to him in one second. Oh yeah, actually, I got you know. Look, we'll look at till till. Definitely, this helped him. He went from a guy who I think a lot of people thought. Um, I don't know what they thought, but his two straight losses. His weight wasn't going. Great. Yeah, it, it was rough. Um, he moves up to middleweight, and this is a quality win. I mean, I don't know exactly what it means per se, because uh, you know, I I think he has a tough time with a, a lot of the guys that are going to be ranked slightly ahead of him. Um, you know, probably I, I assume he'll get a, a decent ranking at middleweight after this win over Kelvin Gaslam, who was number four. But uh, you know, I think honestly, the story. And this fight has more... It tells more about Kelvin Gastelum than it does Darren Till. You know, I think Darren Till took advantage of an opportunity, and that that's great. But, um, you know, Kelvin Gastelum is a guy that came within... I mean, almost as close to winning a world title as you possibly can. It was an interim world title, but still. The whole division would look different had he got that decision over Israel Adesanya. And it, it, it's just wild how a fight or two can change your career trajectory. Because this is a guy, you know... Going into the Adesanya fight, he was a top middleweight. Was he was booked to fight Whitaker? Yeah, I mean he he had a lot of opportunities, but things just didn't go his way. And now, I feel like he's kind of looking like a bum. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but he's going from you know he lost Adesanya, he lost to Till, who a lot of people thought you know they were they were a lot of people were writing him off. And when you look at Gaslam's resume now, you know the wins: Johnny Hendricks, Tim Kennedy, Michael Bisping, Jacare Souza. They're not as impressive, they don't mean as much as the losses that he's got, you know, to Chris Weidman, Israel Adesanya, and Darren Till, you know, he beats the older guys, the less relevant contenders, but it seems like he really does struggle with, uh, you know, his contemporaries. At least in terms of storyline, you can compare it to Stephen Thompson, a guy that was at the top, he got two shots at a title, uh, couldn't get the job done, and then took some bad losses consecutively. When you get to that top spot, that number one contender spot, and then you lose two straight, it's not good. Can you bounce back from it? Absolutely. Guys have done it. It really defines your character to bounce back from it. But do I think there's going to be a point where Kevin Gaslin becomes good enough to beat Israel Adesanya Yoel Romero? I, I don't. At you least know, you're well right now. That is a, a an interesting point. You know, it's it's like you think about it like a guy going towards a title shot, 
they're like flowing with the current. The UFC wants to see them get there. But right. once they get to the title shot, if they lose it, the UFC doesn't want to give you an immediate fight. So you really have you're almost swimming against the current at that point to get back to a title fight right. before you're pushed too far downstream. He, he had a hell of an opportunity Saturday night. He puts on an impressive display against Till. People are talking about Kevin Gaslam if 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 <coughs> what's his name can't go. God damn it. Uh, Boracchini. Boracchini. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think you're right. Had had he beat Darren Till, I think the obvious contender for Adesanya is, is you know, is, is Gaslam. They there. put on the fight of the year. Now Why not run it back? Yeah. Now exactly. it's, now, now you're looking at Cannoneer. Cannoneer. They, even Israel mentioned Cannoneer on uh, Ariel's show today. So, I mean, like, I'd be at least considering Till if I'm the UFC. Yeah. I'd absolutely be considering. Now, not in Stockholm where he wants it. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not. Uh, I mean, the problem is at middleweight. I think the, it seems like the fight that everybody wants is Yoel Romero against Adesanya, who's coming off of two two losses. straight losses. So it's weird because the division. You know, the other guy, Till. I mean, does he deserve a shot? I mean, Cannonier is the most deserving guy. Absolutely. But that doesn't matter in the but UFC. That's not I mean, the sexy fight. But if the champ is actually saying your name, which Israel did today, that might help him. And I think the UFC likes Cannonier. They they usually put him on a pretty good spot on some cards. Well, I mean, they they do. The thing is, though, he takes opportunities. Like he's put himself he in does. some rough situations to get to top contender status. I mean, if you, if you just think about what Jared Cannonier's done. He, he went to New York City to fight David Branch. You know, David Branch is a, a New York guy. He went to Brazil to fight Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's a Brazilian. And then, the, you know, his latest fight with Jack Carmenson, he went to Denmark to fight Jack Carmenson. And, I mean, Jack Carmenson is not from Denmark, but it's, it's the same general area of the He's world. He's played spoiler three fights in a row. Exactly. When he was so, the underdog in every single one of those fights, except, I mean, Silva I would was... think. Maybe not Silva, but maybe so just because of the name, you know. I, I'll just say that, like, if the UFC wants to put on a card in in, in Africa, for, you know, in, um, where is... Nigeria. Is it Nigeria? Uh, if they wanted to put a... And I don't know how feasible or realistic that is, but it's like if they ever <laughs> wanted to do it, and maybe Nigeria is not the place, maybe... Maybe there's just a spot yeah, in Africa. Dawadu, you got a few Nigerians. There's plenty of, yeah, there's some other African... Fighters as well. So, you know, I think you could maybe find a country there, even if it's not Nigeria. You could put Adesanya in the main event. Again, I don't know how feasible this is, if it's something the UFC is even targeting, but Cannoneer would be a perfect guy to go over there and fight him. But, um, again, I don't know. I mean, I know the UFC is just getting into France with Francis Ngannou, apparently, uh, scheduled to headline a car. It's not scheduled, but it's on tap. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if Africa's... I wonder if that's on the UFC's radar. I would assume it is. Stefan Struve should be his opponent in France, in his native country. Stefan Struve has nothing to do with France. Stefan Struve is French. Stefan Struve has probably never been to France. Stefan Struve is very French. Okay, on up to the card. Main event time. Um, yeah, that's the main event. The BMF. Um... I know you're a huge fan. Tell me, tell me how excited you are for the best belt in UFC history to be introduced Saturday night. I mean, okay, I'll say this for starters, you can't. They know I was like, it's one and done. No, it's a lineal thing now. Like Jorge Masvidal will be defending it, and when he loses it, whoever he loses it to is the new BMF. So what if Kamara Usman, Leon Edwards? This is the or Leon Edwards. Like this is the issue. Like don't get me wrong, I'm a Kamara Usman guy now. I just am. I'm just a Kamara Usman guy. 
I want to see him get the I'm BMF fight you next. I want to see the anger when when Kamaru Usman just grounds out Jorge Masvidal. You mean when Colby and Jorge fight? I, I don't mean to. Generally, I wouldn't say something like this, but it just I feel like I, I just from my point of view when I look at the Masvidal Diaz situation, you have two of the most I don't mean to say overrated, but two of the most overrated fighters ever. Fighting, and when I say that, like Nate Diaz is not a legitimate contender. Jorge's a fucking problem, Mike. Jorge's more of a problem than Diaz. I'll give you that. Absolutely. Why Nate Diaz? Because of Conor McGregor. Exactly. You know, Conor McGregor. That fight made Nate Diaz, Mm -hmm. and he's a big star, but he's not a legitimate contender at welterweight. His his. You know, he beat Anthony Pettis. Great. Anthony Pettis was a featherweight a couple years back. He's not a welterweight either. He's had some some okay wins there. But my point is. Diaz was never a legitimate contender as a welterweight. Fun fighter, yes. Contender, no. Masvidal. Masvidal, he definitely is fighting at a level he's never fought at before. He's looked great in his last few fights. He's looked very, very slick. But he's looked like that against Darren Till, Ben Askren, and Nate Diaz. Three guys that I like. Probably not top-tier fighters, though, in the grand scheme of things. And I think if you go back a little bit, 2017... Jorge Masvidal lost to Steven Thompson and Damian Maya. And my question is, you know, and I doubt he'll have to deal with any of those guys. He's so hot right now with this streak. He'll probably just get a title shot before he gets a fight against somebody that's going to potentially right. bore us to death. Anyway, my point is, I just, I feel like this has all been blown up to a point to where a lot of people view Masvidal as like a, a top contender. And he is on the strength of these three wins, but I'm just not sure that I'm buying that he's anywhere near the level of the Usmans, the Covingtons. I just, I'm not sure that I'm buying it yet. These these wins are great, but I'm just not sure so I'm buying it. So here's what I love about it is since the Till win, he's created the Cuban gangster persona. Which his whole thing is that he's real. Everybody right. else is bullshit. Right, and this is totally a persona he's pushing. Exactly, like eating the pizza and saying he's, the, he's following the Conor McGregor model to a T. Right. I hope that people realize well, that. It's good. It it's is. It's good it's in the sense that the UFC is now pushing a fighter who had been on the roster for a very long time. He went to reality TV because he couldn't get a, get a big enough payday. Now he's making half a mil to headline a, for a, a fake belt. I mean, shit, man. It's awesome in that sense. Uh, Colby or Kamaru, uh, working. Here's work my him. questions. And this is why I'm saying all this. It's not that I don't think he's good, but... You know, he's ranked as the number three welterweight in the world. Let, she, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Starting at number nine, do you think he beat Steven Thompson? No. Judging their first fight. Do you think he beat Santiago Ponzinibbio? He has a shot. Okay, Nate Diaz, he would beat him. Okay, now number six, does he beat Damian Maya in a rematch? Yes. That's the thing. Maybe, maybe he does. Maybe. maybe he does. Can he keep Damian off of him? That's the question with any fighter. And, okay, number five. Does he beat Rafael Dos Anjos? Right now, yes. Okay, four. Leon Edwards. No. Three. Jorge Masvidal. Does he beat himself? No. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, two. Colby Covington. No. One. Tyron Woodley. No. No. Does he beat Kamara Usman? No. Okay, and that's my point. Shut up. Like he's he, he's <laughs> like. Give him the title shot and let him lose. He's beat some good fighters to get where he is, but he's beating them. His persona and the way that he's beating mm-hmm. them yeah. is coming together to create this contender that I'm not sure. I'm just not sold on. Right. 
But with that being said, I think he'll probably get the next title shot, especially if Kobe Covington beats Kamara. Okay, so what would Leon Edwards have to do to jump a Jorge Masvidal? This is why I'm salty. It's because of Leon, Leon Edwards, Edwards should get should be in line. Exactly. Or they should make those two fight, considering there's real beef in exactly. between them. If Masvidal fights and beats Edwards, they I will shut my mouth. They won't because they know what will happen. Exactly. And that's what's bothering me about all of this. Is Leon Edwards, like Kobe Covington will get his shot because he's talking a bunch of shit. Masvidal will get the next fight because he's, he's talking a bunch of and shit. And because he's putting, putting on some fun performances. Right. I don't mean, but anyway... Like when does Leon Edwards get a shot? He's got to fight somebody. I, he's I, in a Gaethje's position. He's in a Gaethje position. Yeah, I, and he beat one of the top, one of the guys you named in Rafael dos Anjos, who's the number four or the five. number five. He beat him. So who can he fight? Here's the moves I think. We've got Kobe Covington and Kamara Usman. We've got that there. I think Woodley. I mean Woodley. I don't know. He's the odd man out right now. But I, I don't know if he wants to fight. I don't either. If he does, Leon Edwards absolutely makes sense for him. To me, he's been out a while. You could do Woodley and, and Ponzinibbio maybe. Edwards and, and Masvidal. I love. I love Stephen Thompson and Damian Maya. And then you know Nate Diaz at number seven. I just. I think that's kind of a... If Jorge were to beat Leon Edwards, there's undoubtedly no question he absolutely deserves the next title shot. Yeah, they exa- and that's my point. Like he, To me, Masvidal has not yet beat somebody where I'm like, okay, but he really is risk better. But this wave of attention? I, I don't think the UFC will. Because Masvidal is so good at what he's doing. Right. I mean, he's beating the shit out of these guys. Don't get me wrong. And he finally added a persona. Exactly. And it's working. I mean, and the thing is, I think, you know... Jorge Masvidal was not always this guy. No. He might really be this person, but he hasn't always shown it. Right. He used to have short hair. He, right. I mean, he, he wasn't that compelling. He was fun, but he wasn't that compelling. A guy who would talk shit on the mic slightly and then go in and fight good fights for the most Yeah, part. and then he'd lose some random decision. He'd be like, okay. And then he'd win a few more, lose some random decision. I, he's finally reached a point, though, where you know he kind of reminds me of, of Robbie Lawler from a few years back to where... You know, Robbie I love Lawler. That you made that comparison. We thought he was done. You I know? love that you made that. Comparison. I mean, he went to Strike Force, lost a bunch of fights, came back. Nobody thought he was going to be world champion. His career, people thought it was almost over. Jorge went to reality TV, came back, and decided I'm going to go on a championship run. I mean, he really is probably either one fight away or next in line for a title fight after. I mean, 48 career fights, uh, 13 losses. So, for me, the way I see it right now, the only people that have a shot of jumping him is if Tyron Woodley or and Leon Edwards fights. And then the winner of that fight would absolutely jump Masvidal. But the UFC knows what they have going. They know that next month that belt will be fought for. And I'm sure Jorge, if he's a smart man, should be ready. In case somebody steps out of that fight. I don't think he took a shitload of damage in that fight. Why He should be ready in a month to go if one of them pulls out, which both of them do. I would have loved to have seen him against... I, I completely agree. And a way to have made sure that was going on would have been to have booked him on that card against a guy. Maybe... Suddenly Masvidal versus Woodley appeals to me. I just... Again, I, don't, I have no problem with with Masvidal getting the next shot. Doesn't fucking matter how I feel, obviously. No problem with him getting the next shot, but just personally, when I look at his record, I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. I his mean, record. His he, record doesn't matter. The last three wins, then you know, and I think you know, the, 
they've all had a bit of spice to them. Like he went to to England, knocked out Darren Taylor right. in England, who you know, was red hot, just came off, off the, a title yeah, loss. Yeah, but still, you know, that was the only loss of his career. Right. People thought he was going to get back on track, instead he gets flatlined. Then you know we look at Ben Askren, who Askren, is just nuclear hot. When Jorge fights him. Ben Askren? Yes. Yeah, huge. Had he beat Masvidal, he would have got a title Absolutely. Shot. Instead, at you know, with an undefeated record, Masvidal sets the fastest mark for a knockout in the UFC history. Again, again there's just spice on that win. The Nate Diaz, again, that's just kind of just a fight between two guys, was put in the main event. The BMF, again, bro? There's been spice on all these fights. But I don't know that, you know, again... For, for what it matters, I would like to see him beat either Tyron Woodley or Leon Edwards before getting a title shot, but I don't think it'll happen. Uh, stoppage was bullshit or what? No, I mean, it was. I mean, here's the thing. It was a, a dumb stoppage, but when yes. I saw it, you were here. Yes. You heard me say to Mark that it was New York, they're going to stop it. Yes. Like, And that's not me. Before, like a minute before they actually stopped it. Yeah. At the end of that round, you said that. It's it's just... it's. I mean, and I was like, no fucking way. I've just come to... I mean, it doesn't take much. And with that being the main event, like they're, it seems like they're more likely to stop a main event with all the eyes on it than they would be some prelim fight. I mean, New York's just weird. And again, you know, Diaz was cut, but... Was yeah. he down three rounds to nothing? Oh, yeah. The scorecard. They released the scorecards. Uh, two of the judges had one of the rounds as 10-8. I mean, he was getting murdered. He had no business being in there. But I'm not even going to say it. But, you know, maybe in the fourth or fifth maybe round he could have figured something possible. out. possible. That's I'm why not, they fight. That's Clay, why they fight. Clay made that argument today. He was like, he's a fourth oh, and God. fifth round fighter. I was like, when? And Jorge <laughs> was tired at Like, that's my question. Was Jorge looking tired to anyone? I would buy it if he was, but no. He no. looked like he was he looked like he could. He, yeah. he looked like he could go two more rounds. Yeah, so uh, I'm not, not buying it. Um, yeah. That's it for UFC 244? Yeah, it was a solid card. We the BMF. Yeah, uh, honestly, I came away from the card feeling like the, the, the BMF was, was uh, the Rock's tailor. The fact that he can make shirts and pants that tight to where they don't rip, mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. What what kind of what kind of material is that? Don't worry about it. It's the Rock Secret formula. I mean, like I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter what the material is. Uh-huh. I need to shut my mouth and know how to roll. No, you roll. Just know he paid five figures for that suit. You interested in the Mark Kerr movie? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, you know. So yeah, sure, they made a great documentary about him about. 19 years ago, 20 years ago, called The Smashing Machine. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Anyway, uh, we won't uh, talk, we're not, since we spent so long on that, we won't spend too, too long on this uh, fight night. We'll just spend some time on the, the two fights that are interesting. Ah. Uh, undercard is, um, it is what it is. We've got Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov fighting. That's uh, Khabib's brother or cousin, I forget which one. Um, Hustam Kabalov is on the card. Um, a lot of, of local fighters to the uh, to Russia um, and the surrounding area. Uh, main card, though, the two fights that are of most interest, Alexander Volkov and Greg Hardy, and then Zabit Magomed Sharipov and Calvin Cater. Um, main event of this card was supposed to be uh, Volkov and Dos Santos, but Dos Santos pulled out with a bacterial infection in his leg. Greg they Hardy just do not want to give Greg Hardy that main event spot, do they? Co-main. Co-main. Co-main guy. Co-main guy. Uh... uh I, I would assume with it being in Russia that Zabit's just got more of an appeal to the local 
population. So Volkov's going to be the favorite going into this. Probably a big favorite, but I bet you it'll be pretty even by fight night. There's going to be a lot of people that sell themselves on Greg Hardy figuring out a way to win. Punch him really hard. Yeah, um, it's definitely... Derek Lewis did it. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, This is going to sound ridiculous because he's had, you know, all of his fights last less than a minute, essentially. But I don't know that Greg Hardy's got, uh, like, one-punch KO power. Kind of looks like he hits pretty hard, but uh, I don't know that he's... I I, I don't know. To me, you know, Derek Lewis probably has better one-punch KO power than Greg Hardy does. Greg Hardy's a lot faster, more athletic, all those things. Um... But that being said, I mean, I think Volkov will probably win a decision. I think he'll be very, very safe. I think he'll go out of his way to just outpoint Greg Hardy here. Um, I got Greg Hardy knocking him out. It's, it's, Locking him 100%. It's, it's interesting. You know, Volkov can grapple. He's six foot seven. He'll probably be able to get Hardy down. be interesting to see if maybe he would try to outgrapple Hardy. Um, get Hardy down. You're picking Greg Hardy? Get Hardy down. Come on now. Uh, you, that's the third rate joke you've made. We're gonna have to I'm going to pick Greg episode. Hardy. Sure, yeah, why not? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's he's he's got probably a better shot than a lot Volkov of. Volkov hasn't fought since Derek Lewis. That was over a year. Yeah, ago. it's been a while. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's heavyweight. Anything can happen. Greg Hardy's clearly getting good quick. An athlete like him, the, the gaps that they'll close. From fight to fight are huge, so uh, you know he might beat Volkov here, and if he beats him, you know I think he probably fights Derek Lewis, and then the UFC might give him a title fight, but um, we'll have to see there. And uh, last thing we'll talk about: uh, Zabit Magomed Sharipov and Calvin Cater. Kind of a rough main event, I think. Um, it's a fun fight, but uh, you know, tough. You know, I don't know that either guy is going to get a title shot with a win. Um, I tell you what, Calvin Cater sure is far from home. He absolutely is. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to get real, real hype on Calvin Cater before this fight uh, and really buy into the fact that he's going to beat Zabit for some reason. Uh, My thing about this fight is Zabit doesn't jump to title shot after this. Like, I don't know who's booking Zabit right now, but they really should be capitalizing on the opportunity to... Get him in there with Max Holloway because he might be the most legitimate contender. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Zabit really is lacking a notable win. I mean, he got he has a Jeremy Stevens win, but that to me it just means less and less. Um, you know, this win over Calvin Cater, it'll be good if he gets it. Uh, again, Calvin Cater's had issues defending leg kicks. I, I just think that Zabit will be too diverse of a fighter for him. Uh, so I do think Zabit will probably get the win here, but after that. I, he probably is ready for a top contender, and then, you know, he can move on to a title if fight. Volkanovski gets worked by Max Holloway. So beats this, the guy. They have to look. They have to do it. Yeah. Max isn't trying to move up again anytime soon, if I had to guess. So, yeah. he's going to be there. Let's see if the best guy can beat him. And if not, then Max really does have some things to consider. As far as Calvin Cater, he's won two straight by knockout in the first round. I mean, if he beats Zabit, he instantly gets some recognition. Probably a bigger opportunity for him than it is for Zabit, but um, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, and that's, uh, of course, this is uh, next weekend's UFC uh, fight night. What time are these fights going to I, I don't know. It's in Moscow, Russia, so probably during the day, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. Um 
All right, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I guess, let's see if there's anything notable. Uh, which side are you falling on? Was Donald Trump booed or cheered at, at the UFC event? Both. Bold. It's a bold I statement. mean, I've seen videos.